pipes and in this life, but son, we don't see shade. She got my eye, might make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. We spend a time, you have a good night. Welcome back everyone to Inside the Dome. I am John Dodaro and I am joined with nobody today. It is just me. I am doing a solo episode. I am back from my little visit to Penn State. Carlin is still away. He's actually with some friends right now. So I thank him for doing the previous episode on his own. He did a good job. I recommend everybody listen to that episode. But I thank him for doing that episode, so he did a solo episode. Now it's my turn to do a solo episode. It's been a while since I've done one, but I kind of like the topic that we're doing today, so I'm excited for it. But before I get into that, I just want to give a few little quick remarks about where I was. So I already said I was at the Penn State game. I was there for Penn State versus WVU, which we previewed in our college football episode, so... I recommend you all listen to that episode too, even though actually at this point, it's probably not as much worth it anymore listening to that episode. It's kind of outdated, but for the fun of it, if you want to hear what we thought about college football, you can go back and listen to that episode. And also too, I'm not using my microphone before getting anything else. I am at my home right now. I don't even have my current setup that I usually use, so I don't know how I'm going to sound in this, so we'll see. But anyway... I was at the Penn State WVU game. Might as well get my thoughts on it since I'm by myself here. But, man, I go to WVU, and I want our head coach fired so bad. He is Neil Brown. He has been our head coach for a while. Ever since I've been at WVU, he's been our head coach, and I've wanted him fired every single year. WVU's play calling is worse than Matt Canada on the Steelers. So it was just dreadful. Neil Brown didn't know how to call a two-minute drill. They played very conservative. They were running the ball when they shouldn't have. So the the view made me very disappointed. They held their own for the first half until it kind of went away from them in the second half. But Penn State's kicker also missed two easy field goals, so you got to remember that. But I was expecting WV to lose, but the play calling really made me upset. I did like Garrett Green, though. I shared a class with him, so I do support him. But quick thoughts on Penn State. They looked very good. I really like Drew Aller, but I thought they played very conservative overall, Penn State did. But they got the job done. They gave up 15 points, which is okay. But solid start. They're going to have to improve, though, in the coming weeks if they want to match up against teams like Michigan and Ohio State. So quick thoughts for me from where I was because I couldn't record in the last episode. So just my little thoughts there. But anyway, getting to the episode now. Carlin started the miniseries in the last episode where he talked about the AFC and NFC South. I just want to confirm that you did that. Yeah, he did that. The AFC and NFC South, he predicted how he thought each team would do. I sent him my predictions as well because I was unavailable. But I'm going to continue the miniseries today with my AFC and NFC West predictions. Now, Carlin actually sent me his. I'm going to make sure I have those pulled up. He sent me his predictions, too. So, 
I got his. I'll say what he thought, too. He doesn't have specifics, but I can go off of his rankings. But we will start today with the AFC West. Now, this division is very interesting. I know I say that a lot. I like to say things are very interesting, but... This is very interesting because you have the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, in this division. And how are they going to do this year? How are they going to do? They've lost some weapons. Chris Jones, still a topic of debate. He might not even start week one against the Detroit Lions, which honestly could be huge for that defense if they don't have him. So... This is this division. I know people are going to think Kansas City Chiefs. I'll give my thoughts on who I think will win the division too. But you look at some of these teams. I'll go through each one. But it could go either way. Some teams can pull up some upsets, I would say. But the team that I think will do the worst in this division is the Vegas Raiders. Now, they are talented. Let me get that off the bat they are talented they have josh jacobs who led the league in rushing last season you have Devontae adams who i think is a top three wide receiver i think i'd probably put him top three in my wide receiver episode go back and listen to that you have Devontae adams jacoby myers hunter renfro as your main receivers austin hooper michael mayer as your tight ends they have a pretty good outline nothing spectacular but they have a good outline they have max crosby on defense who is an absolute stud i love him they just signed Marcus Peters, too. They have Chandler Jones, who underperformed last season. Pittsburgh Steelers' Robert Spillane is on this team now. So, on paper, they have talent. They easily have talent. The two flaws with this team. One, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's average at best. I think he can run this offense with what they have. I think he can rely on Josh Jacobs. But... If this game comes down to Jimmy G, I don't know if he will come up clutch. And their ability concerns, too. Jimmy G is just coming off of a season-ending injury. He's not very mobile, too. Who knows? And what I don't like about the quarterback position is their depth because their backup is Brian Hoyer, who is really not a good backup to have, and Aiden O'Connell, who actually impressed in preseason, so I bet Raiders fans will probably want him to start in case Jimmy G can't. But I don't think this team is going to have a great season. I don't like their head coach, Josh McDaniels. I think he is just not a good head coach. He got lucky near the end of the season. I think he really got carried by talent overall. But my ranking for the Raiders is 4-13. and That's the record. I think they will have very harsh, but when I was going through the Raiders, I had them losing a lot of games. Like I'm going to go through a schedule. I had them being the Broncos week one, lost to the bills, lost to the Steelers chargers. They lose to, I had the green Bay Packers beating them. Patriots beating them. I had them being the bears. I had the Lions beating them. Giants. Yeah. I had them losing a lot of games. I don't, know how many this team will win. They have a hard schedule. I will definitely say that. But I have the Raiders going for and 13. Carlin, let me pull up his rankings. I think Carlin messed up on his or something. He, I think Carlin, like, when he was doing this, he forgot a week or something because he has them going 4-12. and 12. 
I have them going four and thirteen. So, Carlin, if you're listening to this, I'll probably tell you. I think you missed a week, but you get the point here. We have them both. We both have them only getting four wins. So, we are both not high on the Raiders this season. So, the next team in this division is the Denver Broncos, and they have a new head coach. That is the biggest story with the Denver Broncos. They have Sean Payne now as their head coach. They got rid of a first-round pick to get Sean Payne from the New Orleans Saints. So they're bringing back a lot of the core from last year. Russell Wilson, who people want to say that he was only worse because of Nathaniel Hackett. I will give some reasoning to that. I think Nathaniel Hackett was not good for the Denver Broncos. but. Russell Wilson's decision-making was also not good last season. There were many games where he himself chose the bad pass to make when there was an easy target he could have thrown to. I'm specifically looking back at the Colts game. He had K.J. Hamler wide open for a touchdown and said he tried to throw it to Sutton, and it was deflected by Gilmore. So I think Russell Wilson did regress. Can Payton fix him? Maybe. He has Javante Williams coming back from injury, but he is also coming back from an ACL injury, so he might take a while. But they do have Samaj P. Ryan as their second running back. He did much better with the Bengals last season, so it's not bad to have. Jerry Judy's questionable at the moment of recording this, but he will have Jerry Judy. He will have Cortland Sutton and rookie Marvin Mims Jr., but they did lose Tim Patrick due to another season-ending injury. So that's a big loss, and I don't think they have K.J. Hamler either. So two big losses there. Very thin receiving core. They do have Greg Dolchich and now Adam Troutman as their tight ends. So decent outline as well. Defense, I forget. I don't know who their defensive coordinator was last season, but they did have a good defense in terms of scheming. They had a lot of low-scoring games, but and they do have talent. They have Pat Sertan, who arguably is a top-three cornerback in the league. They have Justin Simmons, too, as their safety. Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, too, rushing. So not bad, but... It's a hard division. I don't think it's enough. I think Russell Wilson has truly regressed a bit. I have them going 6-11 and 11 this season. I don't see them winning many big games. They could. This is a team I could easily get wrong here in terms of ranking. So, I have them 6-11, and 11, some key matchups. I had the Raiders beating them week one. Did they beat the Raiders? Yeah, week 18, I have the Broncos beating the Raiders. So, those are two teams I mentioned already. Uh, I have them losing to the Chiefs both times, losing to the Jets, which is a Hackett revenge game right there, losing to the Packers, losing to the Bears. That is a little upset I did. I'll get to the Bears when we do the Bears episode. I have them lost to the Dolphins too, lost to the Bills, lost to the Browns, lost to the... Actually, no, I had them beating the Vikings and beating the Browns, so... Some upsets there. So I gave the Broncos some wins, but I have them more wins than the Raiders, but I'm not too high. I think they will miss the playoffs too. I think the Broncos and Raiders will both miss the playoffs this season. Carlin, let me pull him up. He had the Broncos going 4-12, and and let me just say this too. He missed a week in terms of his ranking, but we are very similar 
in this. So, yeah, we both don't think the Broncos will make the playoffs. So that is it for the Broncos. The next team I will talk about, and this is a team where I think they'll be very competitive. And honestly, this team has a chance to beat the Chiefs during the regular season, which they couldn't do last season. That is the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, they just extended Justin Herbert to be the highest paid quarterback on a year-by-year basis. So Herbert's been paid. Austin Eckler, incredible running back. I ranked him very high in my running back episode. One of, Arguably the best pass-catching running back. They have some decent depth behind him. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, and rookie Quinnen Johnston is a great receiving core. Hopefully the first two names that I said there could actually stay healthy. That would be big. Gerald Everett's not a bad starting tight end. Rashawn Slater, he was out with an injury. He was their rookie tackle two years ago. He's very good. He should be back, which can help their offensive line. They definitely have an above average offensive line. So I like them. But the key with the Chargers offense is they have a new coordinator. Uh, Lombardi is gone. In comes Kellen Moore of the Dallas Cowboys, who the Cowboys have always had an above average offense. And I think they use Kellen Moore as a scapegoat where I think Dak Prescott truly is an issue. But they have Kellen Moore now. It's an obvious upgrade. So this should be a good offense. This should be a very good offense. Their defense, will it click? I don't know, but they have a lot of studs on their defense. Joey Bosa, if he can stay healthy, that is big for them. Eric Hendricks, they just got from the Vikings. Kenneth Murray, he was a first-round rookie a couple years ago. Khalil Mack, too. So they have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack rushing the quarterback. J.C. Jackson, two years ago, he was an absolute ball hawk, but he had a season-ending injury last season, so I don't know how he's going to be. So that'll be an interesting story to follow. They have Asante Samuel Jr., who did very well in the playoff game that he was in last season. Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the league, so on paper, they have a very good defense. Their rush, Their running defense has been very lackluster, I would say, over the past couple seasons. So can they hold off the Chiefs? That's the question. I have them going 10-7 and seven this season. I have them winning week one against the Dolphins. I have them beating the Titans. I have them beating the Vikings. I have them beating the Raiders. So I have them going 4-0 before their bye week. I have the Cowboys beating them, the Chiefs beating them. I have the Jets beating them. They beat the Lions. They beat the Packers. I have the Ravens beating them. I have the Patriots beating them in an upset. And then the Chiefs also beating them. I have them beating the Raiders and Broncos every time that they play each other. So just some division matchups right there. And I have the Chiefs beating them every time. So I don't have them beating the Chiefs yet. Honestly, they could beat the Chiefs in Week 18 if the Chiefs have the one spot locked. So that's the only thing I would change, but I have them going 10-7. and seven. Carlin, pull him up. He has them going 10-6. and six. That seventh, that extra game, I don't know what he would do, so we might have the same record there too. So I have them making the playoffs. Carlin does not have him making the playoffs from what he's shown me. He has the Chargers as the eighth seed, which does not make the playoffs. I have them as the seventh seed. So, 
That's what we think of the Chargers. We, I think they're a playoff team. The playoff race is going to be very tough. I know we got more episodes to do. In terms of the AFC South, which I was not a part of, I only had the Jaguars making the playoffs and just the securing their division. I, the other three teams I did not have making the playoffs at all. But in terms of the other divisions, there's a lot of playoff teams in that race. So it's going to be very tough for the Chargers, in my opinion. So moving on to the final team. The final team in the AFC West is these defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I already started to mention them earlier in the episode. So Chris Jones is arguably the biggest story. And I don't know when he's going to be back. He might miss week one. He might miss more. But that will be the biggest story on offense. They still have Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. No doubt about it. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire is a good running back trio to have. Wide receiver. This is the biggest piece of concern for the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman in the offseason. They have Kadarius Toney, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago, two years ago to be exact but he has been very injury prone. But if he stays healthy, he has a chance to be wide receiver one for this team, and he can really impress if he stays healthy. I actually did a fantasy football draft right before I recorded this, and I drafted him, so I'm hoping for the best with Tony. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, Sky Moore. Sky Moore's a second-year wide receiver. He was drafted in the second round last season. Rasheed Rice was also drafted in the second round this season. Richie James was a good contributor for the New York Giants. Uh, They also have Justin Ross, who's listed as their seventh wide receiver, but he was a stud in Clemson. He's finally getting an opportunity. He had a big injury in college, so I'm hoping for the best with him. But the wide receiver room, a lot of unproven guys. I don't know how it's going to go, but guys can easily step up. I can say that. Travis Kelsey, though, is the X factor. I mean... Travis Kelsey's wide receiver one. I'll just say that right now. He's wide receiver one, technically. Forget about all these other guys I said. Travis Kelsey's the main receiver. Some good depth behind him, but Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best duo in the whole league. So as long as they have that, they're good. Their O-line, the only thing to mention big with their O-line is they lost their starting left tackle in Orlando Brown Jr. He is now with the Bengals. They now have Donovan Smith who led the league in holding penalties on the offensive line last season. So that is a story of concern right there for the Chiefs. But moving on to their defense, Chris Jones, I mentioned him too much already. They had George Karloftis, who they drafted in the first round last season as an edge rusher. Very good. Willie Gay and Nick Bowen are two good linebackers to have. Their cornerbacks... Actually, their whole secondary, they do have guys that do contribute. So, LeJarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson. Very underrated group in the secondary. Justin Reed as well. They signed Mike Edwards, I believe, from the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think it was the Buccaneers. But, underrated secondary, that's not my concern. The only concern with this defense is if Chris Jones will play. If Chris Jones will play... The majority of the season, I have full faith in the record I'm going to give them. If he doesn't play for a good amount of the season, this record I'm about to say, I'm less confident in. 
So the record I have the Chiefs having is 13 and 4. I think they will be the second best team in the AFC. I have them winning their division, the AFC West. I have them winning week one against Detroit, even if even if Chris Jones doesn't play, I have the Chiefs winning. I'll just go through. It's probably easier to say the teams that they will lose against. So I have the Jets beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs are away that game. Week four, I will call that an upset in a way. People will expect the Chiefs. I don't know how the Jets will be early in that season. I'll probably mention them in that episode when we do it. Probably very soon. But I have them losing to the Jets. I have them losing to the Eagles when they play each other again, even though that's an away game for the Eagles. I have them losing to the Bills, who the Bills I am very high on this season, ideally when Von Miller comes back. And I have them losing to the Bengals as well, Week 17. So those are the only losses. I have them beating every single team in the AFC West all six times. Those are six wins I have for the Chiefs. I think they will win their division. I don't think they'll be the one seed in the AFC, but Carlin ranked them 11 and 5, which is close to my 13 and 4 in a way. But then again, he forgot a week. But very similar, he has them winning the AFC West. He has them being the number three seed, I had them being the number two seed. So that's the AFC West for you all. So that is the first half of the episode. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to test something for all you listening. Normally the ad that I put is at the beginning of the episode, but I'm going to put a little break period here. Hopefully the ad works for all of you listening. So I will be right back with Inside the Dome. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that break point worked there. I hope you all were able to listen to the ad. I might be trying to put some more stuff in there soon. Some break periods in between the episodes. But I'm experimenting. I like adding new stuff here and there. But thank you all for still listening, as we will now go into the NFC West now. I'm done with the AFC. I will go to the NFC side of it. Well, I think the AFC will be more competitive. I think the NFC side of this, there will be two very bad teams and two very good teams, in my opinion, or at least two very competitive teams, I should say. So we'll start with the bad of this division, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think they're going to be good this season at all. I barely have them winning any games. I'll get to the record later. We're just looking at their team. Let's start with their head coach a little bit because they got a new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, who Eagles fans did not like. I have an Eagles friend at school. He does not like him. He was happy to see him gone. And I think, God, you, the Cardinals released a video of Jonathan Gannon on their YouTube recently. Some like speech he made in the locker room. It was one of the most cringiest speeches I've ever heard. I mean, I don't think they're going to be good at all. I'd be surprised if the Cardinals win even like three games most. Kyler Murray, I don't even know if he's going to play this season. He is confirmed to be out at least the first four games of the season. 
But until then, Joshua Dobbs is their starting quarterback, most likely, unless they like Clayton Toon, who is a rookie. But it's not ideal at the quarterback position. I think that's where their downfall starts, is at the quarterback position. When Murray comes back, I have no clue when that is. I'm judging this off of the fact that Murray won't play the majority of this season. They might just shut him down. I don't know. If Murray comes back, let's say the second half of the season, I could see them win a couple games. Maybe. But right now, their quarterback situation is terrible. James Conner is a good running back. He's been very consistent since being in Arizona. Be one of the few bright spots on their team. He'll probably be the bell cow, too. Wide receivers, Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore is a good duo to have. Nothing spectacular. Marquise Brown actually drafted in my fantasy league. But it doesn't even matter, really, if the quarterback's nothing spectacular. It doesn't even matter what your receivers you have. I just... I mean, they have Zach Ertz, too, as a tight end. I just don't think if Josh Dobbs is your starting quarterback for half the year, I don't even think it matters what receiving talent they have. Their outline's not even the worst. They drafted Paris Johnson with their first-round pick. I believe it was like the eighth overall pick or something. He's their right tackle. So not even a bad O-line either. On defense, they've been getting rid of people. J.J. Watt retired. Zayvon Collins, they have... Man, it is nothing spectacular. They did get Kaiser White, who was a linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was also a WVU alumni. So shout out to him. I got to support all the WVU guys. Marco Wilson, I will as their cornerback, I will forever remember him for throwing the shoe in that LSU game, which cost Florida the victory. Buda Baker they have, he's been wanting out, but he has decided to stay with the team. Not ideal at all. I have this team going 1-16, actually. I have them being the worst team in football, which means I have them also having the number one overall pick in the draft. I think the second worst team I had was the Houston Texans going 2-15. and But I have the Cardinals going 1-16. And the Cardinals, I think, actually have Houston's first-round pick because Houston traded up for Will Anderson. So the way I'm projecting this, the Cardinals could have the first and second overall pick in next year's draft. And if they want with this pick, they could either, one, trade Kyler Murray and get Caleb Williams and get some draft capital from Kyler Murray, or two, just draft two studs. Or trade back or something if you want with one of those picks. But this is going to be a bad year for the Cardinals. Just hold on. They should have good draft capital for next season. Maybe if they... I do think Kyler Murray is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'd say he's in the upper tier, upper half of the top 32. But because if you look back at last season when he did play, he kind of clutched up in some of those games, especially against the Raiders, if you go back to that game. But... I think the Cardinals could have a better outlook next year with their draft capital, but this year I think is going to be a terrible year. I have them being the worst team in the league. Carlin, let's see what he did. He had them. I'm still on the AFC side. He had them going 1-15, which is essentially the same exact thing. He forgot a week. He has them as the worst team in the NFC, too. I bet he will agree on me on every single point that I made. So. We both have the Cardinals sucking completely this year. So, moving on. Actually, not moving on. 
me. Actually, yeah, moving on. We'll go into schedule later. Cardinals lose about every game. The only game I had the Cardinals winning was. Man, did they even win a game? Oh, I had them being the Houston Texans one week. So that's the Cardinals only win that I gave them. Moving on now. Los Angeles Rams. Two years ago, they won the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals. And they went all in. They went really all in. And now they're paying for it. They are really paying for it. They were unable to keep a lot of those players like Von Miller and OBJ. Many more too. And they have fallen. Andrew Whitworth retired last year. Man, they really fell from grace. Stafford had a big injury last season. So did Cooper Cup. So they were out near the end of the season. The two of them are back though. Stafford is back. Stetson Bennett is his main backup. But Stafford, could he be like he was two seasons ago? Maybe. I don't see him being that good because he actually started to struggle last season before he got injured, especially if you look at the week one against the Bills. But he does have Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup has re-aggravated his hamstring injury. Will he play week one? I don't know. It is unconfirmed right now. Could this injury linger on throughout the season? Easily. Yes, it's a hamstring injury. He could be questionable a lot of weeks, arguably. And he's starting to get a bit older, too. So if Stafford and Cup don't stay healthy this whole season, I don't think the Rams are going to be that good of a team. The rest of their offense doesn't wow me. Cam Akers isn't bad. He had a good second half to his season. Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell are the number two and number three wide receivers. They are not bad, but not anything as good as it that they had during their Super Bowl run. Tyler Higby's not a bad tight end to have. Their O-line was terrible last season. It was one of the worst O-lines, barely improved in general. And they've, I mean, the key with the Rams too is they have not had first round picks lately, even in this previous draft. So even though they didn't have that good of a season last year, they couldn't do anything about it in terms of replenishing. They lost more free agents. And they just regressed badly. I mean, I feel like the only wins that they will have this season is if Stafford and Cuff can go off in games. So I literally only have them. I didn't even go over their defense. Their defense, the only person on their defense that is very good is Aaron Donald. He is arguably the best player at his position of all time. You could argue that. But still a beast. He had a down year. But that's the only bright spot because they lost Jalen Ramsey too. So their record, I have them going 5-12. and 12. I have them being the 13th best team in the NFC. They're the only wins that I gave the Rams. I gave them a win against the Colts. I gave them a win against the Cardinals, which is a divisional matchup. I gave them a win against the Seahawks one time, I believe. Yeah. I gave them one win against the Seahawks, divisional rival there. I gave them a win against the Saints, and I gave them a win against the Cardinals. So, I had them beating the Cardinals twice, and I had them beating the Seahawks once. So, those are the divisional matchups that have happened so far. But, I have them going 5-12. and 12. I don't think they're going to be that good this season. But, Carlin had them... Very similar to me, 5-11. and 11. He forgot a week, so very identical. He and I had them. 
But actually, looking at him, the the divisional record, he has the Rams at one and five in terms of division. I have them at three and three, so I grade them a bit better there in terms of divisional matchups. But that's the Rams for you all. The Seahawks are the next team to talk about. The Seahawks, in my opinion, are one of the most underrated teams in the league. I think they only got better this offseason. Geno Smith, WVU legend right there. Got to support him. He had a fantastic season last year. I mean, they traded Russell Wilson away. People thought the Seahawks would regress. You could argue Geno Smith did better than Russell Wilson last season. I mean, just in terms of like how Russell Wilson was with the Seahawks, you could say it was an improvement. But Geno's back. There is a chance that Geno Smith could regress in general, but I don't see it because I like the team around him a lot more this season. He has Kenneth Walker and rookie Zach Charbonnet as his main running backs. And Kenneth Walker is an absolute stud. He's very good. Rushed for over 1,000 yards last season. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith-Najigba, arguably a top three wide receiver trio in the league. Smith-Najigba might miss. Actually, I think he will miss game one this week. So week one status might hurt a bit, but great receiving core. Noah Fant, Will Disley is a good tight end group. Improved O-line, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas were rookies last season, so they are on their second years. Defense, they got Draymond Jones on the D-line to improve their D-line. It was probably their weakness last season. Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner are the two linebackers. Wagner is back from being with the Rams. Another Rams loss, by the way, right there. Uchenna Nwosu also on the edge rush. Very underrated player. They drafted Devin Witherspoon with their first round pick. They have Tariq Woolen, who was one of the best rookies last season. Michael Jackson as well. Name Michael Jackson fans out there. There you go. Jamal Adams is on his way back from injury. Quandre Diggs has another safety. So they have a very good secondary, good linebacking group. Their defensive line will be the question. But I really do like their offense. I think their offense will depend on if Geno Smith regresses or not. So that is the main concern. But I have them going 9-8. and eight. So I say 9-8. and eight. It's kind of harsh from what I've been saying. But I do have them making the playoffs too. I don't think it's... I think the NFC is not going to be as competitive. Actually, it will be competitive. But record-wise, I don't think it'll be as good as the teams in the AFC fighting for a wild-card spot. Because I feel like the worst, I feel like the team on the playoff bubble in the AFC could easily make the playoffs in the NFC. That's what I think of it. But I have them going nine and eight. I have them being the Rams week one, even without Smith and the Jigba. I have them being the Detroit Lions. I have them being the Panthers. I have them losing to the Bengals. I have them beating the Cardinals both times. I have them losing to the Ravens. I have the Rams beating them once. I have the Niners beating them both times they play each other. Which the Niners will be interesting to talk about. I have them losing to the Eagles. And finishing their season off, I have them beating the Cardinals. So I have them losing to the Steelers as well, Week 17. So I like the Seahawks. I think they're very underrated. They could do better than what I'm giving them. But I think they will make the playoffs, though, in terms of how the NFC is. The, in terms of how the NFC is, I have them making the playoffs. Carlin had them going 9-7, and seven, 
which uh, you could give them a loss for the week he missed. So we have identical things as well at this point. But he has them making the seventh seed. I have them at the sixth seed. So he's not here to make his input there. But we both have the Seahawks at very similar positions. So that's my view on the Seahawks. And the final team. Man, if you've been listening to our episodes in the past with the 49ers, you have heard me rant about them, especially with the quarterback situation with Trey Lance and how they handled them. For your all sake, I will not rant about Trey Lance and how Kyle Shanahan treated him because that is technically now in the past. So, let's look at their team currently. Nick Bosa is the question mark. He should be paid before week one. Should be. From what we've been hearing. So expect Nick Bosa to play this season. All the games. So that is a part of my ranking. I have them winning the NFC West. I do. Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is. Essentially the quarterback position. Is where this team falls. Because if Brock Purdy plays as well. As he did last season. I will. Back up everything that I have in my rankings here. If Brock Purdy plays on that level, they'll be an elite team easily. They will be an elite team, but that's a big if. He could have a sophomore slump. If he does, I have the Niners doing worse than what I'm giving them right now. But what I'm giving the Niners in my ranking is essentially if Brock Purdy plays like he did last season. So Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold's his backup. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, arguably the best running back duo in the league. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, great duo, very underrated. Brandon Ayuk is very underrated. Jawan Jennings is not not a bad third receiver. Ronnie Bell was a standout in preseason. He was a seventh-round rookie this year. So, he'll be somebody to watch. George Kittle, arguably a top-three tight end, one of the best tight ends and blocking and catching the ball, but he is kind of injury prone. But Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback in the league. Trent Williams, arguably the best left tackle in the league. Good O-line in general. The key with the offense, once again, will be on Brock Purdy, but if he produces like he did last season, expect good results. Defense. They got Javon Hargrave, their biggest addition on defense. Great ad for them because they have Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa, who is arguably a top two edge rusher. The only person I would put up there, too, is TJ Watt. I know people want to say Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons. Nope, TJ Watt is still up there. Nick Bosa also up there, too. Linebackers, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, two of the best in the whole league. Traverius Ward, a corner. Very good. Demondre Lenore, as well, Isaiah Oliver, Ambry Thomas, wrap up the cornerback room. Nothing spectacular there, but very consistent. Talona Hufunga and Tashawn Gibson Jr. are the safeties. Hufunga had a great season last year. The key with the defense, besides Bosa, if he signs his extension or not, is they lost their defensive coordinator, Demeco Rines, to the Texans. He is now the Texans head coach. Will it change much? I'm going to say no, because a couple of years ago, they lost Robert Sala as their defensive coordinator because he went to the Jets, replaced him with Demeco Ryans, did just as well, if not better. So I'm expecting the same results there. So the 49ers, I have 
for as much as I've been bashing them in previous episodes with their quarterback situation, assuming Brock Purdy plays well, I have them going 15-2, and two, actually. I have them winning the NFC. I have them getting the one seed. Very surprising. I don't know how confident I am in that. I also did this ranking thing over a week ago, so my opinions might have changed, but I'm keeping it how I had it. I had them losing week one to the Steelers. That's very biased, but I had them losing week one to the Steelers. Wake up call for them. I'm going to call it right there. Brock Purdy, I think, will struggle week one against the Steelers, but they will rebound after that and go on a nice win streak until they lose again to the Bengals in week eight. And then after that, I have them going on another winning streak to finish out the year. I have them beating every other team in the NFC West. All six games in the NFC West, I have them winning. I have them going 15-2. and two. I have them getting the one seed. They get a first-round bye. I won't spoil what the playoff picture is like for them. We will do that in a later episode. But I have them winning the division. Carlin has them going 13-3. and three. Obviously missed the game. He had them getting the one seed as well in the NFC. So he and I are both in agreement there. We both think that the San Francisco 49ers will be the one seed in the NFC and win the NFC West. So will they win the whole thing? You will have to wait till a future episode. But that will do it for this episode. And for it just being me, I really talked. I talked for like a good 40 minutes right there. So... I thank you all for listening to this. I am not in my current setup that I normally do, but I hope this episode was great quality for you all. It's happy for me to do this. Solo episodes aren't the easiest, but I think I did a pretty good job. But next episode, we will be continuing the mini series. It should actually release the very next day that this comes out. This will come out on a Monday. The very next episode will come out on a Tuesday, and that will be the AFC and NFC East predictions. We will go over both divisions in the AFC and NFC East. We will, 99% chance, I'm assuming it will happen, barring any setback, we will have our next guest speaker on the show. We will have our next guest speaker. It will probably be me, Carlin, and him. I will save it as a surprise for now. But we do have our next guest speaker, so definitely stay tuned for that for next episode. After Tuesday's episode, we will do the AFC and NFC, and NFC North. That should drop on Wednesday. And on Thursday, should drop the final episode of the miniseries. And the first game of the NFL season will be on Thursday, the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions. On that day, we will release our NFL playoff predictions episode. We will go through our predictions for the playoffs before the season starts. So a lot of NFL content coming out. Throughout the rest of the week, leading up to Thursday, there'll be another college football episode, probably before the college football weekend starts. So stay tuned for both of those. You can make sure to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. We posted a TikTok recently. It did pretty well, actually, in terms of views. So make sure to follow our TikTok. TikToks will just be bonus content, really. Just stuff we didn't say. Or if we use recordings from these episodes, we'll show some fun footage of our faces on TikTok or on Instagram reels. So make sure to follow those. You can find all of those links and our podcast platforms in the link in bio. If you are listening on Apple podcasts or overcast, 
click the podcast website and you can find the link in bio there. But other than that, with nobody else, I am John Dadera. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time on Inside the Dome.